Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome inside Garage Door Sports. Your no-holds-barred weekly discussion on everything in the sporting world. Oh boy, have I missed that music. I know it's only been two weeks, but I've missed that music. Nick McVicker, back again with... The one, the only, Irfan Manji. Irfan, dude, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. <laughs> Thanks for that intro. It was wonderful. I was like, what is he going to say? <laughs> no, I appreciate it. I am the one and only. There's only one of me. Hello, folks. Hope you're doing well. Happy Sunday. I actually can't, shouldn't say that because I got followed by another Irfan Manji, and it was a legitimate account on either really? Instagram or Twitter, and I was dying because it wasn't you, and I was so confused. Like, what is happening? Where did this come <laughs> from? <laughs> oh. But you're Somebody my else. one and only. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. I appreciate that. Warms my heart. <laughs> well, man, it's been two weeks since we've talked. We got a lot to catch up on. Yeah. NBA and NHL seasons are wrapping up. NBA's in like the last and a half year. We're, we are down to the stretch. Also, Kyle Lowry returned tonight to Toronto for the first time since being traded to my mm-hmm. The Groat. A lot of people are calling him. Greatest Raptor. Well, I'll give it to him. I, I can't really say anyone else is a greater Raptor. Not for what he's brought to the sea. Yeah. Absolutely not. No. no. Um, I mean, I love Vince, but, you know. Lowry wasn't the most skilled Raptor. I'll no. say that. But he's the greatest Raptor. No, no. I, I'm not disagreeing. I just, if I'm thinking of anyone close, it's Vince, and that's it. <laughs> Demar would have to be up there, too. He would, yeah. Chris Bosch as well. Those are the probably yeah. the, that's probably Mount Rushmore of Raptors at the moment. Yeah. Maybe Alvin Rushmore. Williams. Just have him somewhere there too. He's at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> at the bottom of the Mount Rushmore. He's he's like yeah. looking up. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm next. No. MLB season starts this week as well, as well as does the CPL. Don't forget mm-hmm. that. The CPL starts this week. Yep. Um our good buddy Nico and your kick it off on Thursday against Halifax at home. Mm-hmm. Get your ticket. Mm-hmm. Not sold out. Um, but we're going to start with our kickoff segment, sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy, calling all kickers and punters in the Southern Ontario region. If you are looking for year-round professional development with elite competition, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. The Ferraro brothers, Daniel and Gabe, are both University of Guelph alumni, and after illustrious university careers, they want to teach you everything they've learned over the years. Want to take your special teams game to the next level? Visit them at CanadaKickingAcademy.com or follow them on Instagram at CanadaKickingAcademy and Irfan. we got to start with the biggest story in the world, the World Cup draw. And Canada was in the World Cup draw for the first time in 36 years. Yay! Yay, I wasn't even born then. It's wonderful. No. How crazy <laughs> is that? Yeah. Like, it's been since before we were born. Yeah, like whatever growth Canada soccer may have had up until that point kind of just dissipated with. Well, they weren't supposed to be there, that group. Like, no. They, they snuck in. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, anyone who makes the World Cup makes the World Cup. Like, no taking that away. But that group wasn't supposed to be there. No. See it happening now. This, this team did. And I, they got a decent group there with Belgium, Croatia, and Morocco. I mean, the number two team in the world. That's going to be a tough matchup. But they get it out of the way in the first game. That sets the table for the rest of the tournament right there. I think it does, yeah. It's going to be very interesting. I think it's a group that they can compete in. I said it yesterday on Footy First on TSN 1050. Check it out, my new show with 
the aforementioned. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I think this is a group that they can compete in. Not necessarily. I'm not guaranteeing that they get out. I'm not. I'm not going to pretend like I am Nostradamus or anything, predicting what's happening. But the Belgium game is going to be a tough one. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the Belgian backline is a little aged, but they still have one of the best golden generations right now. They're going to be tough to beat. Yeah, you got you got to limit that, and that's fine. I think mm-hmm. was it you who said it in our little group chat that they just have to like stop the bleeding in that game. Yeah, just exactly. You can't just try not to let more than three goals in because at the end of the day, it's going to come down to who lets the most against Belgium yeah. between Morocco and Canada. And I think Croatia as well as you know what I tossed Croatia in there as well. That yeah. back line yeah. might not be able to stop Lukaku yeah. and De Bruyne and Tielemans. Like I think. At the end of the day, those three other teams need to be like, how do we make sure we don't let up more than two to three goals? That's yeah. it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so to have Canada play that one first, that's an interesting, that'll be an interesting start for them. But as you mentioned, Croatia and Morocco, I think these are competing games. You, you, can, mm-hmm. you can compete in these games. Yep. Croatia, their golden generation is age. Luka Modric will mm-hmm. be 37 by the time the World Cup starts. Mm-hmm. 37. Mm-hmm. I know we have a guy named Atiba Hutchinson who's going to be 39, but he's not a key piece necessarily on this team anymore. No. He'll play a lot. Plays multiple positions. But Luka Modric is key to that Croatia team. Can we agree oh, on that? Fu- if he's firing, Croatia is winning. Right? So, right? so mm-hmm. you have a 37-year-old as a key piece on that team. The rest mm-hmm. of the, the golden generation is aged as well. And it is a fast team. I think they can mm-hmm. compete in that game. I can tell you with certainty that they have a possibility to get between one to four points at the end of this, this group. I think they have enough to, to go toe-to-toe with Morocco, who, by the way, are a very good African side. Absolutely. Uh, played very well in AFCON. Um, and then I think Croatia. You know, I was telling Paige this earlier. We haven't gotten a show out yet. But, um, but I did tell her, I said, if you stick like a, a hard-nosed player on Luka Modric and just shadow him throughout the game and make it difficult for him. I think Canada can be happy with a nil-nil draw or a one-one draw, and you know just contain that that sort of pivot in the midfield. Like I was thinking, Mark Anthony K. I know he got his had a rough game against Costa Rica earlier last week, but I would stick him on. He has the body, he has the pace, he has the skill to keep up with him, and you know. Uh, you look at Rakitic and Modric being able to go back and forth in the pitch to receive and move forward. You can have Kyle Lahren make sure that any back run is tracked by him. I think Canada, well, honestly... It would, probably, it would probably be Jonathan David. Jonathan David's a deep guy. Right, but I'm just Lahren's saying, like, but Lahren can also do that. Like, I've seen him play, you know, man-to-man zone defense at one point earlier yeah. against the States. So I'm just thinking, like, who's a bigger body that will frustrate two of the best midfielders in the game that have been in the last 10 years, right? So I think they could come up with a point against Croatia. I think they can even win against Morocco. So I think at the end of the day, there's a chance that they can win both of those games if they play, if they play right. So I, mm-hmm. as you said, you said you can see them anywhere between one and four. I see them mm-hmm. anywhere between one and six points. Well, Realistic fine. for yeah. me is four. Mm-hmm. And I was saying, I was as I was talking to Nico yesterday, four points is the target to get out of most of these groups. Yes, right, a win and a draw, and a better mm-hmm. goal differential when all things are said and done. That's what that's the goal to get out of most of these groups. Mm-hmm. So if you pick up six, you're you're in. Like six is guaranteed. If you can get a draw and a win, 
you're you're on the right track. But we have to we have to temper expectations as much as we want to say Canada's going to go far. Canada's going to do this. Canada's going to do that. Let's temper expectations. We have yet to score a goal in a World Cup as a country. Uh, or right? at our second World Cup. <laughs> we have yet to get a point at a World Cup. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, so let's I guess start with just, simple goals, right? Yeah, Sorry. I think we're talking about the highest ceiling that can, we can reach. Absolutely. Like, there can, there can be a day, like, we can, you know, lose 2 nothing to Belgium, one nothing to Croatia, one nothing to Morocco, and that's our season. But, but the fact that we're able to say that, hey, Nick, hey, Earth, one to six is a possibility of number of points for a Canadian side who, up until last couple of years, probably didn't have any life to play at the world cup or any sort of major tournament you're just like we're way behind the caribbean countries we're way behind the u.s and mexico but you know it's really nice to see that hey guess what we have a good enough team to compete well did you hear what roberto martinez said about canada oh he's a little afraid of them he thinks they're a good side yeah he said that they were scared when they saw canada going pot four they're like that's the team we do not want to be and no. sure enough belgium got Got us, Canada. <laughs> I mean, it's very nice of him to say that. I think quality-wise, Belgium is miles ahead. But again, World Cup, we've seen you know Italy, Spain, France not make it out of group set points. It could happen. Well, do you remember the group of death? I think it was uh, 2002 or 2006 World Cup. I can't remember. Hmm. Um, but it was like Costa Rica, Uruguay, Italy, and England all in the same. Yeah, right? that was the group of death that year. And who won that group? It was not. Costa Rica. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to remember what year that was now. It was, was early Italy. 2000s. Uh, but yeah, regardless, like Costa Rica was the number four team in that group, and they ended up winning that group. Mm-hmm. Right? That tells you a lot. Like, anytime you step on the pitch, anything can happen. Right? We've seen giants lose to minnows all the time. Because that day, everything fell the right way for the smaller team. That's all you have to think about going into a game. If you are the underdog, just go into it and say, hey, if we lose, we're supposed to lose. Mm-hmm. If we win, if we play our game and everything falls the right way, we could be moving on. Could be moving on. That's something that Canada is looking at at this point. Yeah. Right? Let's look at okay, some of the other so groups here, Irfan, since we have some. It was, uh, sorry, 2014 for that, by the way. 2014? Yeah, Costa Rica won, Uruguay two, and then Italy and England both did not qualify. Yeah. Oh. Yes. Um, let's take a look at some of the other groups we have a mm-hmm. chance. And honestly, there's no real group of death this year. Like, no. I, I Maybe wanted Spain, to find Germany. one. Maybe Spain, Germany, teams, Japan. Though. Right, I think Japan's one of the better AFC sides, so maybe maybe Group E might be your group of death, but but that's a very soft group of death in comparison to some of the ones that we've seen in the past. Yeah, you're not wrong. I'm just like I'm I'm trying to think. Like I think they're very evenly balanced. There's one or two very good teams. There's one or two mediocre teams, and sometimes there's one really bad team. And you go, all right, that's about it. And that's not a bad thing. Like I kind of like it. There's, it's a balanced division. Yeah. It is balanced for the first time in a long time. Yeah, right? I'm for it. And I yeah. love it because we're going to see some really, really good matches. Yeah. Can't wait to see England versus USA. 
right? Because of all the history. I can't wait to see Argentina play Mexico or Argentina versus Poland, mm-hmm. right? Portugal, Ghana is going to be electric. Yeah, yeah. France, Denmark. Like, I actually want to see that match. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Spain, Germany. That's easy. Brazil, Serbia? Or Brazil, Cameroon? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Let's do it. I am in. Yeah, I, I think, you know what? That, that Brazil group, come to think of it, might be, might be a group that they have to be careful not to get injured in because yeah. Serbia is yeah. a hard-nosed team. Switzerland is a hard-nosed team. Cameroon's not afraid to fly into tackles. So, you know, Brazil, maybe not 100% healthy coming out of that group. Like, that's, that's scary to think about. You know, you mentioned Portugal, Ghana. Ghana, Uruguay is going to be a nice little you know, matchup with, yep. with Suarez at 30-plus and how that goes. Um, you know, Korea Republic, Japan are both teams that you don't usually think of as powerhouses. But on the AFC side, they're usually the most consistent. They've got some good young players coming up and down. So that's going to be some good football. They've transitioned their football into more possession counter. Yeah. It's attractive football. You know, the African sides are doing the same thing. So I like how it's balanced. It's kind of how Canada game. plays too. Yeah. And it's balanced and you can, you can easily say, you know what, England and U S can finish last actually. Cause let's say Wales joins that group and Gareth Bale shows up, you know, and Iran who's played really well in, in, in qualifying, you know, shows up at the world cup and you're like, Holy crap. Like what another, no, throw this out there as well right you mentioned wales what if ukraine gets through right the emotional oh yeah the emotional high that that team would be on with everything going on back home mm-hmm. they would have the support mm-hmm. of not just their own country a lot of other countries a lot of people well, around the world right they'd feel like the home team for a hot second oh yeah like they they get that home support that oh. yeah and and they're very good uh you know they have some great talent. Andrei Shevchenko did a great job with the Ukraine program just before, just after the Euros there. So, yeah, I can also see that going. So, like, the fact that any team can actually come up, like, you can see Argentina struggle, for example, because Mexico always comes to play at yes. the World Cup, for example, yes, right? Like, Lewandowski, is this his, is his, um, you know, his, his talent, is it only for Bayern Munich, or can he bring it to the World Cup? He needs some help. Yeah. Oh, of course. Somehow, <laughs> Mueller, Poland. You know, like he has that that, that discrepancy there. And France has a big question mark. You know, mentioned yeah. that uh, France Denmark game. France did, has not played well since winning the World Cup. It's true. Yeah. yeah. So there's so many question marks. It's so nice to be able to talk about a balanced World Cup draw and go. Every team is good enough to win. And now I'm going to put you on the spot. Stage. Are you ready? Go for it. Which group is most intriguing? Mm, good question. I think Group H will be very nice with the different storylines coming out of that. I want to see Ronaldo through. I want to see Ghana. I want to see Suarez. I think that's going to be fun. Um, yeah, I think Group H or Group G, because, you know, like I said earlier on top of the show, that Brazil, like how healthy are they going to be? Are they going to? You know, just stick Fred into the midfield and be like, get hit, because then we're going to leave Alan for the for the next part of the round to do what you do. So. Right. That's a good, yeah, That's a see, good point. Yeah, I see G and H being the most intriguing for me. But. I would probably lean towards G, but I am also very interested in that group, especially depending on who comes out of that uh, UEFA playoff. Oh, for sure. That'll be, that'll be very intriguing. 
plays there. Group E is also very interesting. Like we, I know we talked about it quickly. Mm-hmm. Like Spain, Germany. You mentioned Japan as being a a bit of a dark, dark horse, horse kind yeah. of yeah. team, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. There's some there's some potential that could happen there, and it, it could be very interesting how that plays out. What team would uh, would join Group E if they went through their playoffs potentially, or who are the options? Oh, I they weren't popped up on that. So let me. You're asking me questions that I wasn't prepared for. Sorry, I asked. I know here. More information. Oh, there we go. It's New Zealand or Costa Rica. There you go. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Costa Rica goes on top again. (laughs) Watch. (laughs) I mean, it's not far-fetched. The, the back half of qualifying, they mm-hmm. started off really poorly, and that's why they were so far down. They looked yeah. really good the back half of qualifying. Mm-hmm. Calf. They could surprise some teams. Yeah. Interesting. But, yeah, you said uh, sorry. You said group group G as well. Group B. Yeah, yeah I said for sure. Ah, it, 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 the fact that we're talking about multiple groups just shows the balance. It's wonderful. It's a thing. Like I'm not, I'm not not looking forward to any of the groups. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. No, like I'm gonna be tuned in. Going, this is amazing. Like hell, I'll even watch Qatar against Senegal. For goodness' sake, like it, it's gonna be electric. It's the home side. Qatar, you know, free pass to get to the World Cup. But and they've been a very good team the last few years. Yeah, they've had the opportunity to play in um, the Copa America a little yeah. while ago. They, I think they played on the gold cup side at one point yep. just to get some feels like they're not the best you know um side coming out of that whole afc area or the middle east area like iran saudi arabia are much better than them but but didn't they you know? just win um they just won one of those tournaments didn't they no i thought iran did Qatar wasn't very good during Copa, but the they're they're trying to schedule a lot more competitive games. They won. They won the Asian Cup in 2019. They no. just won the Asian Cup three one over Japan in the final. Oh, you did. They did. Oh, and they say, like I know UAE. they just won something. Oh, and they beat Korea since then. Yeah. Oh, I take what I said back. That's very good. They're a good team, man. They're low on the rankings because it takes into account four years, but they've been very good the last couple of years. Yeah, like you're so, looking at they beat they beat El Salvador in the quarterfinals at the Gold Cup. They beat Honduras. Yeah. Um, you know, they've qualified they beat team, Oman. Man. Look at that. Never mind. I, I just saw them getting blown out a couple of years ago and went, This isn't fun. Yeah. There you go. But I mean they've struggled against the European sides, which is Everyone struggles but... against the European sides, except for maybe two South American sides. Am I wrong? You're laughing. Am I wrong? No, you, no, you're not wrong. It's just on a good day, Chile is probably one of those two teams. And but yeah, yeah, but it has to take a really good day. Yeah, I'm really I'm talking really Argentina good. and Brazil as the two South American. No, I got that. I got that. I was thinking, well, if when Argentina was struggling, it was Chile. But fair enough. Yes, it's true. Yes, it's true. European sides always tend to, to pip a lot of these Everybody. other sides. 
All right, well, that'll do it for our kickoff segment sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy. Visit them at CanadaKickingAcademy.com or on Instagram at Canada Kicking Academy for more information. Irfan, we're just going to keep the ball rolling. Okay? Let's roll. Let's yes. roll. MLBC this week. Mm-hmm. I believe the first game is Thursday. Blue Jays start Friday. I know that for a fact. At home against the Rangers, welcome, welcoming Marcus Simeon back. We're getting a nice standing ovation. I think he should. I don't. I don't see why he would. I can't. I can't. I can't see a reason why fans would be mad at Marcus. No. Right. Like. Uh, yeah, I agree. Is there any reason for them to be mad at Marcus Simeon? No. He gave it his all last year. He signed his one-year deal. I think he was. He was a big part of that Blue Jays. Blue Jays roster. I think a, a big voice. No, I. I give him a standing go. Give him a tribute at the end. He did hell of a season. Why they would be upset about? Anyways, yeah, there's going to be some good games this week. Uh, lots of obviously big moves. Um, in the off season, anyone that really jumped out at you, and you're just like, whoa. I mean, I think we we covered it two weeks ago with with our predictions on who's going to be most important for those guys yeah. that new came in, but. I want to see where Chapman slots in for the Jays. Like, since we're on the Jays topic, is is he going to slot in where you know Marcus Simeon was, or is he going to go down the the order to get a better turnover? Because you know we had a problem last year where you know Casey Jansen's your ninth hitter, and it's hard to get it back to the top of the order unless until you know, the end, like the last month and a half of the season, all of a sudden, right? He turned, but into, just, he turned into Yadi Molina. At the yeah, plate. I was like, what? Where did this come from? <laughs> But for the first, you know, couple months of the season, it was just like, well, if you can get Jensen out, you you avoid, you stop the bleeding right away. Yeah. Because it was a gimme out. Well, well, I hope that changes now. So does he go down to six, seven, eight, nine sort of thing to try and get a turnover to the top of the lineup? Like, I want to see where he slots, to be very honest with you. Um, so I think it's, I, I've been seeing a lot around, and it looks like he'll be number seven mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or nine. They're going to yeah. have Jansen hitting eight. And whether they put Okay, let, let me go through this just so I can get my head around this. Springer's gonna lead off. Bouchette yeah. will hit number two. Yeah. Vladdy will be number three. Yes. A Oscar will be number four. Yep. Guriel will most likely be number five. Yes. And you have to have Is it Kirk? That was six. Kirk will probably be DH. Chapman at seven, mm-hmm. Jansen at eight, and then Biggio and or Espinal at nine to turn the lineup. Yeah. That's a very That's dangerous a, lineup. A very good lineup. I mean, if I'm the Jays, I'm hoping to work on that seven, eight, nine spot because I, I want to get Springer on. I want to get Bichette on. I want to get the big guys on. Like, I think that's going to be important. That, that bullpen this year to not be an issue. And to be able to turn over the lineup when you need it to turn over. Like, you're down by two. You got two on base. And then, you know, Kevin uh, comes up and he strikes out. And you're like, no, no, no. Like, we need to get our big guys on there. You know, try and take a walk. And, you know, Kevin's good at that. But, you know, didn't really come into form for them until the last month or two. That's true. Yeah. But I think he's... He reassessed. Kevin did. Not Danny. Kevin mm-hmm. reassessed himself last year when he went when he got sent down. Right, mm-hmm. so I'm I'm expecting him to come back into this season and be really, really good. I'm hoping so. Not like hit over not to fifty. Elite. Don't get me wrong. I don't see him being like a three hundred batter. No, right? 
but a 260, 270 with an OBP of 380 with a lot of walk sort of thing. I see that as yeah. being very, very realistic. Yeah, I, I'd take 250, 260 from him any day. At least I know that he's consistently... One he's of every four times too. he's on base. That's, that's what we want. Because I know defensively he's one of the better defenders on this roster. I yeah. trust him. And he can play I trust a lot him. of positions. Exactly. I trust him defensively. It's just the offensive numbers for me need to be a little bit better. It's like when he came up and he just hit a bunch of home runs and you're like, see, he has power. It's just that's not his needs game. to... No, I know it's not, but I'm just He's saying that... He's an average hitter. Like, like a four average hitter. Let me correct that. Not an average hitter. He's a four average hitter. Mm-hmm. Like when he was coming up, he was batting like 280, 290 in the minors. Yeah. That's what you want. That's what this lineup needs. We we're fine for power. We have more than enough power to spare at Just the top get on of the line. Base. Get on base. You know what reminds me of this? It's when um the the Royals played, you know, small ball for yeah. a little bit. Just get contact, and you got guys on the like. I think Jansen should be hitting for you know get on base contact. Kevin Biggio, same thing. Alejandro Kirk. I know he uh, is it Alejandro. Yeah, Kirk has um great power, but I would like to see him hit for contact. Yeah. Because I know for a fact that everyone else on this lineup can rake. Okay. I'm laughing, though. I'm looking at fan graphs right now and how they yeah. have the lineup. I, that is not the lineup that the Chase are going to that order. They got Springer, Vladdy, Teoscar, Bo. One through four. Bo. They have Bo hitting Bo four. Was, I don't know if Bo is a cleanup guy. <laughs> I like him at two right in front of Vladdy, though, because that's how they hit in the minors. Mm-hmm. Right, I don't know if it was two, three, or three, four, but they were one after the other, with Bo yeah. hitting first and then Vladdy cleaning up. Right? Yeah. Why would you change that? It works so well. Yeah. You know, you can also put Goriel into three, drop Vladdy into four, and then have Teoscar five. So you can, you can. You like can. They did that part of last year, which yeah, is really can. interesting. Yeah. But I think, but I think our- Montoya has the ability to switch that around so well to get them going. Like it's nice. And you add in the fact that we picked up Greg Bird, who. I'm not going to say he's a huge addition. This guy has mm-hmm. a lot of potential, and mm-hmm. he's a left-handed bat. Yeah. Like, if we're playing a righty, hey, well, now Greg Bird can slot into the line, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. As a DH or whatever. Yeah. Rymal Tapia can slide into the lineup, and you can put you can put one of the outfielders in the DH spot. Yeah. Because he's a lefty bat, too. There's a lot of options. With can, absolutely. And then... Um... Who's the guy that they picked up who's a switch hitter? Did they pick someone up? Switch hitter? No, never mind. They didn't. Not yet. I was thinking. <laughs> I, thought they, <laughs> I thought they picked someone up who's a switch hitter, and then I realized that it wasn't that person. It's another team. Ooh. I don't remember. Hold on. I'm going to find oh, it. Okay. I'm going to move on. Since Please we do. are talking oh. Jays, Irfan, I shocked you oh. earlier today. I thought it was Jose Ramirez for a hot second. Oh, okay. They're trying to get him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. But I shocked right. you earlier today. Mm. The fact that the Jays are overall betting favorites to win the American League. Mm-hmm. Second overall to win the World Series. Who's number one? I didn't ask you that. The Dodgers. Earlier. Okay. Go <laughs> figure, it's Dodgers. Yeah. yeah. Does, that, does that surprise you? The Jays are that highly rated amongst 
obviously not just Canadian people. This is this is betting sites that have them number two. Yeah. I think it's fairly high, but at the same time, they have a very good roster. You know, I, I mean, the fact that they're, you know, two overall, like across the league, is a little surprising because you look at um, you look at the Braves, you look at um, the Astros, who you know they might not have the same firepower. Even the Yankees, like I'm, like at the end of the day, it's just it's odd to see a Canadian team up there, or even Toronto up there. Like I, I told you off air, like I thought the 2015, 2016 team um, was very, very good. Um, and you said they were top five. And I would have probably said maybe they should have been a little higher. Than they might've been. Right? I don't, like, I don't remember off the top of my head what they were ranked. No, but they were, they were top five and that's probably the closest we've been for a high blue Jays team to, to have the odds to win. I'm just hoping like and, and and I know you know I'm superstitious when I say this, but I'm just you're not hoping that it, it, you're just a little stitious. <laughs> you know, but I'm just hoping that you know we're all touting them to be so good and so great, and I don't want them to to be at the bottom of the division for the first two months or well, struggle to get out out of the box. Like we're in, a, we're in a division with the Baltimore Orioles, we will not be at the bottom of the division. Okay, so forth. But you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like I'm just. I just want us to like, you know, we said this for the Canadian national team, just temper a little bit of our expectations. Yeah. I know they're not the underdogs anymore because they have proven that they're better than the Yankees. And I think they're better than the Bosox. But, you know, I would have probably thought the Rays would have been ahead of them a little bit. Or maybe the White Sox would have been a little bit ahead of them because of the way they've built their teams over the last couple of years. Yeah, just temper those expectations. I just don't want them to, to go into season as being so, like, touted to be so good. And then it just falls apart. And I don't want to see that. You know, I want to be like, I'd rather be an underdog. I want to be pesky, known as pesky Jays. You're, you know, taking it from the Sens, but pesky Jays and piss people off and play good baseball and be like, hey, guess what? We actually showed up where we're supposed to show up, not because you guys thought we were the best team in the AL. And I get what you're coming from for that. And I, I, yeah. I understand about tempering expectation. Like, we have to be realistic. Game one hasn't even happened yet. Let's, let's yeah. get into the season. We kind of reassess. Yeah. But mm-hmm. this team was one game out of a playoff spot last year. Mm-hmm. One game. That's it. Yeah. And then they patched most of the holes that they had last season. Bullpen's better. Their starting rotation, in my opinion, is better. Not by much, because their starting rotation was really good last year. Not great, but fairly good. But they're better than they were last year. You say Kikuchi is a much better fifth overall starter than Ross Stripling. Yeah, and I like Ross Stripling. I like Ross Stripling, but I think he's a yeah. better bullpen arm at this point. Agreed. There's, there's nothing alarm. wrong with that. You know, like when when you get a rough three innings from Rio against the Rays or something, you go, hey, Ross, you're in, you know? And I have no problem with that. That That is a huge yeah. role, and I think he's great at that role. Yeah. Right? But mm-hmm. Kikuchi's a better fifth starter than Ross Stripling. Yes. Manoa's another year older. Kevin Gossman, yes, coming in, he's going to have to fill the hole of Robbie Ray. Yeah. But if you look at his numbers, his numbers are very similar to Ray over the last three, four years. Yeah. Right? So, you know what? It's not a drop-off. No, I think if you can get them to eat innings, I'll come out with double-digit wins by the end of the season. I think we can say the starting rotation did what they needed to do. And then you have Romano, Yimmy Garcia, Tim Mesa, Adam Simber, Trevor Richards. All these guys had really good years last year. They'll come in. They'll do their job in the bullpen. 
And the bullpen will look really good. <laughs> and let's not forget, we also have Stripling, Thornton, David Phelps, Ryan Barucki all in that bullpen too. Julian Merriweather as well. This, mm-hmm. is, this is a good bullpen. It's not a great bullpen. It's not like that Yankees bullpen with Chapman, Batances, and all those guys. It's not like the Cleveland, now Guardians, bullpen yes. when they had Miller and all those guys, right? It's yeah, not yeah. that kind of bullpen. It's not the Royals bullpen when they were that good. No, right? I was thinking that way, Dave. Right? <laughs> it's not that bullpen. But it's no. a good bullpen. Right? Smart bullpen. I think as long as we can avoid, you know, blowing three, four games, like yeah. we noticed that last year, those three, four games that were so important, like the last month and a half, like at the end of the day, look at that. Instead of one. being one game, well, instead of being out one game, we would have been up three. I agree. Right? No, I, I agree 100%. Right? I, yeah. it's, it's that simple. This team is going to be very good. Are they the best team in the AL? Let's see. I want to say they are. I think they're mm-hmm. mo- their most complete team in the AL right now. That doesn't mean anything. So. They have less question marks than a lot of the bigger teams. Yankees, the Astros, the Rays. Yeah. They have less question marks than those teams. The only team that has less question marks than the Jays, in my opinion, is the Dodgers. And that's just because the Dodgers spend money on all of the question marks to find an answer. Yeah. They're proactive. No, no, no. They're rich. There's a difference. They're, They're rich and they're proactive. I mean, look, they lost Casey Jansen and then went and got Kimbrell. <laughs> like. <laughs> Great. Good job. You replaced that arm. Yeah. We'll see how Kimbrell plays, though. Yeah. He's is been he going to. around the last few years. He is, but I think he hasn't been on a team that has the mentality of the Dodgers. Yeah, I'd argue the White Sox are still figuring it out. Yeah. Well, of course. They're so young. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I think the Dodgers. I don't will... see how they wouldn't be figuring it out still. Oh, no. <laughs> Right, but I'm saying like having him backstop that versus yeah. now the Dodgers going, hey, if you blow a save, guess what? We have enough talent <laughs> to win an extra <laughs> at the bottom of the ninth, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so. Um, who do you think is going to be the surprise team from this year, Irfan? The Orioles. No, <laughs> not the Orioles. <laughs> they might surprise and not be dead last. Yeah, <laughs> might be the Red Sox dead last. No, um. <clears throat> Can I say the Mariners? Like, I know yeah. I told you guys like, two weeks ago, like, I think they have enough to win that division. But I think they're a surprise team because I don't know what we're going to get out of them. Uh, you know, you're not going to, you don't know that division well enough. You don't know how they have with Robbie Ray. Can Robbie Ray have a, another great year? Big question. A great um, question. They, right? Like, can they end whatever curse is on them? Can we call it a curse? I don't know. But like, what is going on with them, right? Like, they're, they're the longest franchise without a, a playoff um, berth in all four major divisions or something like that, or one of the, the longest teams not to, to make the playoffs or something. So I like, that's my, that's the thing. I, I want to see them. They're my surprise team. I want to see them go through because I, I want to see good stories in baseball, but, um, and we know they, they need good stories. Uh, but yeah, they, they'll be my surprise team. Whether they win that division, then that's a surprise. Whether they finish second in a wild card, that'll be a surprise. But if they, you know, the other thing is if they finish dead last in the division, because the Rangers actually end up being very good, that's another surprise. So I think the Mariners can fill it, fit in anywhere in that in that division. Are the Rangers being good that big of a surprise? Like, think about who they went out and bought. I know, but like <laughs> two guys aren't going to run that team. Like, but it makes them that much better, is what I mean. It does. It does. Makes them that much 
more dangerous by getting just those two guys. That'd be my surprise. I mean, I I put a question mark to the Padres. The Padres don't make the playoffs again. I know you said one team, but I'm going to pick them as my second. But if they don't make the playoffs this year, that would be a surprise for me. They better make the playoffs this year. Yeah. I can see some big things happening if they do not make the playoffs this year. Mm -hmm. How about you over there? Who's your surprise team going into this year? I like your call for the Mariners. I like the Mariners a lot. They're a very young team, as we mentioned. They're going to be another year more experienced, so they should be a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Don't sleep on the Giants. I know that that last year they ended up winning the – or not winning the division, but doing really well. They're better this year. They went out and got Jock Pedersen, who is not the Jock Pedersen that he was on the Dodgers. I'm not going to say he is. He's still a lefty who can hit 20, And has another World Series ring on him. Yeah. Yeah. Right? But he's, he's a lefty bat. Right? He and hit 20 to 30 bombs, maybe 40 if he really gets a hold of hold of his year. Yes. And he slots lower down in your lineup. He's not hitting 3-4 in this lineup. He's hitting 6. That's perfect. Maybe form. 5 at the at the highest, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he's not not the guy that you're worried about. Brandon Belt, Brandon Crawford, those guys are the ones that you're worried about. And then you have to then go through Darren Ruff and Jock Pedersen as the next two. Yeah. Right? So there's no real, yeah. like, weak... There's no weak spot in this lineup. No. They can play for contact for the rest of the season, and they'd be fine. Yeah. Yeah. So they're going to be a very interesting team. Uh, their pitching worries me a little bit. Their starting pitching worries me a little bit, is what yeah. I should have said. Um, yeah. Pitching, yeah. There's no Buster Posey this year, so I wonder how the the games will be called. That might be a little difference for them. Getting yeah. a new battery going, a new back a back catcher, you know. Very young back catcher. Yeah. I was drafted in 2018. Is probably their starting catcher right now. Right. Yeah, I mean they can be the surprise because they were great last season. They yeah. surprised everybody, but I, I think you know you said pitching might be a question mark. Uh, who's going to replace Buster Posey's presence? be another huge question mark but at the same time i can also see them being better than the padres and the diamondbacks and the rockies yeah. and going toe-to-toe with the dodgers because the dodgers will be like that's oh, why i think crap. that's i that's why i have them as my surprise man i yeah. think it's and it's a great choice i'm just helping add to that <laughs> you're, just, you're just building my case got it okay um do you have a breakout player for the year i should have asked you this before to let you prepare but oh you probably should have i have to, I have to think can i say juan soto because last year was no, a rough year. No, you cannot year. say Juan Soto. <laughs> he had a rough year last year. He had a rough year, but just, you can't you can't call I him know, a breakout player. <laughs> hey, so when you say breakout player, do you mean like a young young player, or do you mean someone who's come off of a, a massive injury and has been subpar the last few seasons? And now I would there? say a a young player or a guy who just has not been good, like hasn't had his like big season yet. Okay. I think you might have a name, so I'll let you do that. Let me figure out who's on the league. Because I was going to say Juan Soto, but he's already a very good player. Fair. Yeah, Juan Soto. You can't use Juan Soto in this in this category. Like, Think of guys like Kyle Higashioka, right? Who hasn't had a chance to really be a number one catcher in the Yankees system. He's getting that yeah. chance this year. 
Oh, right? yeah. Zach Logue from the Athletics, left-handed pitcher. He's getting a chance this year, right? Jacob Junis. We can also say him, right? That's can I a, say a, Wander a, Franco of the, the Rays? I'll allow that, yeah. Yeah, he's a top prospect. He finally gets to, like, the Rays are obviously going to be a very good side. You know, as a shortstop, he's, he might be the next Evan Longoria for me. Uh, like his the way you know Evan Longoria was for the Rays, I think I think Wander Franco could do it. Um, yeah, you know what? There you go. I, I'll pick uh, I'll pick Wander Franco. I think he'll be a breakout player for the Rays. Okay, mine's a bit of mine's not a stretch, but mm. Adley Rutschman from the Orioles, top catching prospect in the entire MLB, number two mm. prospect overall. Looks like he's going to start the season on the MLB roster. As he should. I think he is going to have a great year. It's going to be a learning year. He's playing in Baltimore. Let's make this very clear. Yeah. But his bat-to-ball ability is one of the best out of all the prospects, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm gonna take some time to figure out when he can play defensively and when he has to be offensively with his team yeah but i expect big things from this guy i think he's going to be the next big catching guy like we had we've had buster we've had yachty for so many years yeah um salvador yeah. perez those guys yeah. rutschman's the next yeah and you know what I like about your choice there is uh, Robinson Chirinos is still a part of that Orioles yes. lineup. Yeah. And he's a good, like, he's a good backup catcher. He's a good, um, he's just a good presence. Like, he's been on teams that have been successful. And, and to have, you know, a guy who's 37 kind of just be like, here's how we get through the game. Here's the day-to-day at the MLB level. Um, yeah, we're playing for the Orioles, but at the same time, go out there and just hit. Don't be afraid. Go out there and make a call. Don't be afraid. And I think a lot of the younger players, especially when they're on weaker teams, tend to forget that sometimes. And they just, they, they, if the team sucks, they end up sucking. And that's not what you want. You want them to shine. And yeah. that's a good choice, man. I like that pick. He might, he might actually stay down. I know he did pick up a bit of an injury um, mm. early in spring training. I don't know how that's going to play out. But he will be up soon. He will be playing in the MLB this year. Another guy, if you want a quick shout out as well. I'm going to actually give it a twofer because they play on the same team. Riley Green and Spencer Torkelson for the Tigers. Mm-hmm. Keep an eye yeah. on those two. They have the potential to be really, really good. Yeah, really good. They brought in Javi Baez in the offseason. Yeah. That's going to be nice to have him in the locker room with those two young guys. Like We, we talk about young talents exceeding, and Javi Baez is a, is a huge example of that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right, Irfan. One more topic. The NHL and MLB seasons are wrapping up, my friend. They are. I want your opinion right now. Look at the standings. Pull them both up. We'll start at NHL. Start with the NHL. Who are your ideal first-round matchups? Like, who do you want to see play in the first round right now? Leafs and Lightning. It's right there. I want to see that. And then the reason I want to see that is Tampa Bay for the first time in two to three years doesn't have a solid third or fourth line. Not a third or fourth line that scares you. Well, it doesn't scare (laughs) you. It doesn't scare you like the Blake Coleman, Barkley Goudreau, uh, 
sort of, I remember, I forget the third guy on that line. Uh, was it Paquette? Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that to me was a solid third line. That's a solid third winning line for a Stanley Cup. They don't have that this year. I'm, I'm very curious. And then, you know, down the stretch, the Lightning, I think it was like two weeks ago or one week ago, where like their top six forwards had like three points in 12 games. Yeah. Like it was ridiculous. And so, and, and Vast hadn't been, all that great. So that's that's sort of the thing. I want to see the Leafs play this, uh, uh, get a good team, see what happens. Because um, I think the Leafs are a good team. I think question mark is on that goaltending, and and I we keep saying it, and it's 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 it sucks to say it, but that that's the goaltending. It's the biggest question mark. Yeah. What are you going to get Thankfully, out of? Thankfully, Campbell came back last night. It was nice. I like the the young guy that they have, uh, Jalgren. Thank you. I got you. Like, uh, yeah, he's good. I mean, Morazic being out, like, I feel for the guy. Like, just hasn't been a good year for him. So I hope he, he comes back, bouncing back next year, wherever he ends up. But that's the biggest question mark for the Leafs. I think they can go toe-to-toe with any defense. Uh, Mark Giordano coming in. If Jake Muzzin comes back, they can, they, they're gritty. The only thing, and then the offense is fine. Like, Wayne Simmons scored for the first time in 32 games last night against the Flyers. Like, the of course it was against guy, the Flyers, eh? Yeah, it was. It was. It was a nice little story for him there. Um, <laughs> but it's. It's just. I think the Leafs can go toe to toe with the Lightning, and I and I want to see that first round matchup. Fair. No? That's a good one. Uh, any yeah, other yeah. first round matchups that you're kind of hoping end yeah. up falling that way outside of Toronto? Uh, I'll take. I'll look over to the West quickly. That that Kings Oilers first round matchup. Yes, that's the one I was that, looking at. Uh, that uh, that interests me so much because I, I get to see. A potential, um, you know, Connor McDavid up against that old guard with Kopitar, Brown, Quick. Like, can they do it? Sure. Question is, who's uh, going to be playing on the defense for the Kings right now? Everyone's hurt. Everyone is hurt. That's the thing. That's the thing. I mean, it, we can easily be talking in a week's time where <laughs> the Kings are in fourth and they end up getting the abs in the first round. <laughs> <laughs> but as long as the abs don't have to play minnesota i'm good minnesota like, or literally Irfan, listen to yeah. who has been playing on the king's defense right now okay they have tobias bjornfot and sean Dersey as the top pair mm-hmm. Oli mata and jordan spence and then the elder statesman of alex edler and troy stetcher the two canucks together <laughs> The two former Canucks there. Not not ideal. <laughs> no. Not no. ideal heading into the playoffs. No, not at all. But to be yeah, sitting at 86 happen. points is it's crazy. Yeah. That division, though, that Pacific division is is hilarious in the fact that the Flames have been so hot the last little bit. But if you look at the standings, they only have a three-point lead over the Kings and the Oilers. Uh, Three-point over the Kings and six over the Oilers. Like, First place in the Pacific Division is still for grabs, I think. Yeah, it all it totally is, and that blows my mind because the Flames have been far and wide the better team in that Pacific Division for well, a while. They've, they've struggled a little bit the last week and a half, two weeks, and that's yeah, why the teams have been able to reel them back in. Yeah, and I think they started the season a little. They started the season really slow. Yeah, and I think that's why that's happening. But it's just it blows my mind. That's a three point difference, and the Flames to me are. Far and wide, the better really? team than that. You know what blows my mind? Vegas is out of a playoff spot and are, have the other teams have games in hand above them. 
<laughs> yeah, but Vegas <laughs> don't have. Ah, she's Vegas. I think Mark Andre should Fleury not was be out hard. of a playoff spot. No, but I also think that Mark Andre Fleury was that that heart and soul of that team. And well, it doesn't Al help Leonard when can't. Leonard gets hurt. No, not at all. But He's Leonard, I don't goalie. know. Yeah, Bossois is okay. No home Okay. For bot starts, yeah. Yeah, we're not to. Re- you can't be your number one, as the Oilers learned. <laughs> and Rip. a shutter phone up. Rip. Rip. What about you? What are you looking forward to? Like, what are your ideal first round matchups there? Well, that Kings Edmonton one is going to be a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Minnesota St. Louis is also going to be a very interesting matchup. Minnesota has been one of the hottest teams in the entire NHL for the last, like, month and a half. And they have three very good goaltenders. Yes, they do. Yeah. But Fleury is the number one. Oh, by far. Oh, Irfan's getting a phone call, folks. I've hung up. It's fine. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, if I look over to the east, though, I'll flip over to the east. Mm-hmm. I do want to see... That Rangers Pittsburgh series. Because mm-hmm. I do think Carolina will end up winning the division. So they'll get whoever they get in the wild card. And right now it would be Boston. And yes. Washington would play Florida. Yeah. But those are the eight teams. It's pretty much a guarantee mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah. I'm very interested in that Rangers Pittsburgh series. Jesterkin being as good as he has been this year, and he has been very good. How does he play against that Pittsburgh? team with multiple lines that can come at you all the time. How do the Rangers hold up against that? And then on the flip side, yes, who's in net for Pittsburgh right now? Is it DeSmith? Mitch, sorry, it's going back and forth. Okay, so whoever ends up being in net for them, can you stop those top two lines of the Rangers? Can they do it? Do, do the Pittsburgh Penguins have enough to stop those top two lines for the Rangers? It'll be interesting. I think that is a very, very interesting... Good matchup. I, like the experience of the Rangers yeah. against... Right, experience of Pittsburgh against, you know, the young Rangers there. Um, I think Madison Square Garden is going to love it. Like, it's yeah. going to be a oh, hell of a first-round matchup, absolutely. I think. And, and you know, Jarek Gallant is... I know he's been let go from Florida. I know he's been let go from the, the Golden Knights there. But... He has good success in his first year of every club he's been with. Um, he's a good coach. He's a very good coach, yeah. I'm just disappointed he doesn't last very long. But at the same time, you know, he's, he's changed the mentality. He has bigger names on the club. Um, and, and he knows how to play in the playoffs. So yeah. I like that. I really like that pick. It'll be fun. Yeah. Quickly, let's flip over to the NBA because their season is literally coming down the stretch. There's like a week and a half left. Mm-hmm. For playoffs, um, lots of teams have already clinched. Yes. Is there one matchup that you're seeing kind of forming that you are really, really excited about? Just one. So there, there's a play in playoffs this year, right? Like you have yep. to. So seven through ten. Seven. Does seven play ten, and then eight plays. No. Okay. It work again. I forget how the play in works. But anyways, yeah, 7 through 10 are going to a play-in, and the top two teams from that end up um, becoming 7 and 8. 
Yeah, I'm just taking a look at the thing. Uh, there's some very good matchups. Jesus Christ, these are nice. Yeah. Um, but you know, I always do East. I think I'll go West this time. That Mavericks Jazz first round matchup is going to be interesting because they're both uh, sides that you don't know what you're going to get out of them. But the Jazz are so good. Um, the Mavericks have been good. But are the Mavericks going to run their offense through one guy? Are yes. they going to spread the offense? Yes, I know. <laughs> That's, I know. that's how they got into fourth or fun but, right but they've cleansed the playoffs i think the jazz are very good i mean they're tied with the nuggets so whether or not the nuggets kind of pop into there that's another good you know mavericks versus the nuggets would be also be very nice to see yep. so yeah two young three young teams right there just to me is going to be good basketball if i'm going west i'm looking at nuggets warriors which is what it's currently sitting at yeah that yeah. would be so much fun because there is zero chance that the Warriors are shutting down Nikola Jokic. They just don't. Yeah. They don't have the. They don't have the guys to shut him down. So how does the rest of the Nuggets compete, and how good is the shooting? Is the Warriors going to be able to play in the playoffs? That will be a fun series. Yeah. Um, and out west, or, or sorry, in the East, not out west, yeah. in the East. Yeah. Dude, Raptors seventy sixers. Are you kidding me? Absolutely. Let's. Go. I love Harden, it. Harden leaves the Nets hoping that he doesn't get the Raptors. Guess what? Hello. Hello from the six. It's <laughs> uh, true. Yeah, that's that's going to be fun. I want to see Embiid. I want to see Spicy P go up against each other. Chris Got Boucher. Yeah, Chris Boucher just doing Boucher things. I've really liked what we've gotten out of Flynn this year. If you're the if you're a Raptors fan, Flynn's been playing. really. Huh? When when we've had injuries to our key players, he's gotten more minutes. I've been I've been very impressed with his ball movement. Very impressed with his ball movement. Hey, you got to give some love to some guys on the bench. I like Flynn. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I just would not say this has been his best season. He has not looked good for long stretches in this season. No, but when he had to step in for uh, for Ben Vliet for a couple of games, I thought he was okay. Like, he spread the ball very well. Like, he's not going to be your best shooter. He's not going to be your best defender. But I like the way he spread the play. And I think that was missing with, you know, with Pascal not being on the court and okay. having to call play. Or, like, when, when we gave a break to uh, Scotty Barnes and he went in, I thought he did good for a couple of minutes. So, fringe player. Like, he, he's yeah, not I, great. I, That's kind of where I'm seeing but, yeah, that's why I'm seeing it. But um, yeah, it's nice to give a little shout out to a player that doesn't get a lot yeah. of that love. And I can I can I mean, kind of see it, but a bit of a stretch yeah. for me. But I mean, the Raptors yeah. are eight and two in their last ten. They're only two games back of Philly for that fourth spot, eh? For home court, imagine for home court. Could you imagine? Could you imagine they they get home court? This was a team that was barely supposed to compete for a play-in spot at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Well, they're hey, they're also you know two and a half games behind the Celtics. That is true. But the Celtics yeah, are also diving in three in their last ten, so yeah, the Celtics imagine, are just as hot. But imagine a Bulls and Raptors first round matchup with uh, Demar Derozan coming back. And trying, hold on, trying to be like, I am a playoff performer and doing it in front of the can, uh, Canadian crowd against the Toronto crowd. Oh, what a story that would be. That, 
would be something. Yeah. Oh. But here's the fun one. Yeah. They finish fourth. Yeah. Do they get the second round? They get the heat in the second round. Assuming everything assuming everything falls the way it should. Yes. Right. These are hopeful Toronto fans <laughs> hoping to see some familiar Kyle faces. Lowry, as we said, returns tonight to Toronto. That'll yes. be interesting tonight. Um, I think that's it, dude. So you have a tire fire this week? Did. Now I forgot. <laughs> Do you want to skip over tire fires this week and just get to final thought? Um, okay, let's get Okay, let's skip. Let's get to our final thoughts. Irfan, what are you thinking this week? Final thought. Uh, Eugene Melnick passed away earlier this week. Um, I was very saddened by that. I know I'm a I'm a tough critic and a harsh critic of his, but I I was very sad to to see those news and uh, prayers to him and his family. Uh, that's one sad news and another sad news because I do we didn't have tire fires, but uh, Christian Eriksen scored first goal yesterday against Chelsea and the smile on his face was absolutely amazing it was a wonderful moment there that's not go. sad news that's great news no I said the opposite of the sad news <laughs> sorry yeah that's, I went sad and then I went sad news no 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 I went sad and I, I went happy and then went happy so ended yeah. on a good high yeah. fair enough didn't he also scored for Denmark in the international window oh and it was a wonderful strike outside yeah of but the he block. did he did score right like I'm not crazy yeah yeah, yeah, I should have specified club level. Uh, no, I'm just saying. Like, think about this. This guy in the last week has scored again for his country after <laughs> what happened at the Euros, <laughs> and then got his first goal in the Premier League since returning to the Premier League. Like, that is yeah. crazy, yeah. crazy. Leading Brentford to a four-one win over Chelsea. Jesus, imagine. Yeah, crazy. that was a. Poor game by Chelsea. Was, that was bad. Not ideal. Um, yeah, those, that, those are two very good final thoughts. I don't know really how I follow up that with that. Um, but I will say this. CPL does start this week. I'm really excited. Um, I'm going to try to get to the York game this week. <laughs> try being the operative word. I'm technically scheduled at work, but I'm not supposed to be. Mm. You know, you know one of those. Like, I think they messed up. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. I, if I have to work, I work. Whatever. It's not a huge deal. I'll watch the game. Um, but no, that's great. This year is going to be a lot of fun. A lot of changeover. Multiple new managers. Multiple mm. new mm. signings. It's going to be a very interesting year. Very competitive year, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, probably the most competitive year we've had in the in the CPL in its first four seasons. Yeah. Forge was obviously very, very good the first two years. Cavalry as well, very good the first two years. And then last year, Pacific comes in, has a great season, wins the uh, wins the trophy. I cannot pinpoint which team is going to win this year. No. Last few years, I, I knew it was going to be Forge, Cavalry. Last year, I had an idea Pacific would be better. I didn't. I wouldn't have said that I would pick them to win, but I knew Forge was still going to be good. I knew Cavalry was still going to be competitive. I thought York was going to be better, and they were. They made the playoff. Mm-hmm. I have no clue how this season yeah. is going to play out, which is great. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. It's so yeah. good. Yeah, it's good. And you also have, you know, Nico with you on your on your on your other show, where you can 
get a lot more insight from from that perspective. Too. Yeah, so and I actually cool. had the chance to work with Ashton Morgan from Forge this week. He was on TSN's World Cup Draw Show, or TSN mm-hmm. 1050's World Cup Draw Show, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to pick his brain, which was really cool. And uh, hopefully, I'll get to we'll get to have him on at some point yeah. or something. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, this season is going to be interesting. Mm. Really looking forward to it. Oh, I had one more oh. thing that I wanted to share. Sorry, I Go just remember. Um, the classical midweek between Barcelona Femini versus Real Madrid yeah. uh, in the UW, 91,000 plus fans packed the Camp Nou. Yeah. Um, it was, I watched the game. It was wonderful. Oh, it was wonderful. Of course, Jenny Hermosa. Duh. No, <laughs> it was absolutely wonderful. Um, I, I loved it. Sorry. Just. No, you know, when people tell me people aren't going to fill up stands, excuse moi, the biggest stadium in the world. Excuse me? Yes. Excuse me. But great game. Great, great, great game. Oh, it was. It was a good game, too, right? Like, mm-hmm. lots of back and forth. For a while. Like, I, yeah. I, a couple of chippy, like, the, the little lobbed goals, like, three of them. It was just funny. It was well, just, and then the obviously. Real that scored that one from, like, 40 out? Oh, I forgot. I forgot their name, but but you, just... you know which goal I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. It was like oh. it was a little... great, and then uh, I know the uh, the Barcelona first goal uh, was very similar, but it was from the from the side, um, and then the Barcelona third or something was in the box, and it was a little lob over. So a lot of cheeky little goals. Um, just you can see how Spain's going to be a wonderful, wonderful side in the next couple of years. Fair enough. It'll be good. I'm excited. Yeah. Excited to see more. Mm-hmm. Well, that'll do it for us here at Garage Door Sports. If you are looking to follow us, check us out on Instagram at Garage Door Sports, on Twitter at Garage Door Sport. If you're looking for us individually, it's at Nick McVicker and at Irfan Manji. Sorry, I have to figure out which way I'm pointing. He's Irfan Manji. I'm Nick McVicker. <laughs> uh, make sure you follow us. Lots of cool stuff going on. Um, I'm now doing a show on TSN 1050. Irfan, you are still rocking it with Touchline Thoughts with Paige. Um, so happy that you guys are still doing that because that's a great show. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots going on. Make sure you tune in next week. We will have more sports coming your way. But until then, thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.